these are sort of the key questions um, that I came up with to ask if an employee does come to an employer and says that they've experienced um, harassing social media posts. Um, you know, the first is, do they implicate the employee's protected class? Now, even if they don't, it may so permeate the work environment that the employer should absolutely deal with them, or it may, it, it may be part of a work environment that, um, that does, you know, allegations that include both gender-based or um, other protected class-based statements um, and non-ones, and so you need to really think about 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 it, even if it doesn't directly implicate the, the employee's protected class because of just how it impacts the work environment. Um, are they severe or pervasive in nature? Um, and again, it's an or. So just because the commentary is not, you know, so inflammatory doesn't mean that it, it isn't sufficient to potentially, um, to potentially impact that employee's work environment. So making sure you understand that it can be either or, not doesn't need to be both severe and pervasive. Um, the other question to ask is, did the employee previously engage in protected activity? Remembering retaliation could be up here, and, um, and the retaliation standard is, um, is, is not as high as the hostile work environment standard. Um, so, you know, based on that, um, I think it's really important to make sure you, you're asking employees about, uh, about what they've engaged in previously. Um, and then what we just talked about, if they target the employer, raise more general issues about the climate of the work environment. Um, and then these last pieces are really about how does this impact the employee's work environment? So are posts being accessed and disseminated by coworkers? Um, you know, and that's, you know, in a lot of these cases, um, coworkers have Facebook groups. Um, they're, they're chatting on um, Reddit together or other um, sites. And so things are being disseminated um, very broadly amongst your workforce potentially, and so really thinking about that and um, making sure you understand the implications of that um, that can permeate, permeate beyond just one employee, but also that employee could feel like um, he or she is being targeted by more than, more than one um, coworker or, or supervisor. Um, and so, um, and then the last piece is, you know, is the author of the post identifiable or, um, or if they're anonymous, can, does the substance trace back? Um, to the work environment. Um, I want to, we're kind of nearing the end of our time, so I want to flip to um, First Amendment issues, which um, are really, um, I'm focusing on how First Amendment issues um, impact um, public employees, and I'm going to briefly talk about private sector employees as well, but um, public employees um, do have uh, prescribed uh, right to free speech uh, uh, and really you know, it, it, it's sort of a complex um, analysis that takes place, uh, a balancing test, um, but essentially, you know, the First Amendment prohibits government officials from um, retaliating against an individual for speaking out. Um, but because the government does have an interest in running an effective workplace, there's a balancing test that the government has to, um, or that the court has to conduct. And we're seeing a lot of these cases come to play in the public sector now over um, things like the vaccine mandates, um, COVID-19 um, protections um, amongst um, workers in various sectors, but particularly in education, a lot of teachers um, who spoke out in the early days of the pandemic and continue to speak out about um, their work environments. 
Um, but also, you know, now um, there are obviously employees that are speaking out about um, the, the state of their work environments um, in terms of vaccine mandates. So um, this, is, this is coming up more and more. And, you know, I expect in the, in the coming years, there'll be other issues that, um, that public sector employees will be speaking out on. Um, and so the three main considerations are uh, whether the employee is speaking um, as a citizen uh, on a matter of public concern, um, and then weighing the interests of the employee as a citizen and commenting on those matters um, against the efficiency of the public services that are, um, that are, that are involved in that in individual's job. And then whether the protected expression was um, a substantial or motivating factor in the adverse employment decision. Uh, and so it is a balancing test, it, and the case law runs um, in, in various different ways, de depending on the circumstances of the case. Um, and even if all of it is resolved in favor of the employee, um, if there's evidence that the employer was still going to terminate or demote uh, the employee, regardless of the frequency involved, um, there's still findings that are going to be in favor of the employer. So it's a it can be a very hard standard for employees to meet, but the case law that you know we've we've seen where um, where em employees can be very effective and in asserting their rights are um, in areas that are of great public concern. So um, things related to COVID-19 protocols are issues of, of um, public concern. Um, issues of educational funding, for example, for teachers. Um, are matters of public concern. So there are various issues where um, those are where employees can speak out. And speaking out specifically on, um, on social media, um, Facebook um, and other platforms is recognized as uh, a citizen analog. So it's recognized as the same sort of context of um, speaking out uh, in a public meeting or um, doing a letter writing campaign um, or here it's, you know, analogized to local paper, you know, a local newspaper. Um, so it's a way to communicate publicly uh, a, a political or social point of view. Um, but again, as I've said, even if it's a citizen, a teacher or another public employee speaking out um, as, a, as a citizen, they may still um, not prevail because of the other factors that we talked about, the efficient running of government. Um, and um, and the fact that there may be other reasons why adverse action is taken against them. Um, the um, I, I use an, an example here. It's, it's a Sixth Circuit case, um, Marquette v. Carlton, um, just to show that you know even in extreme cases, um, courts have found that um, that speech uh, it can be protected. And so in this case, this was um, this involved the captain of um, a service in, in Cleveland who was fired after posted on his personal Facebook page um, the matter of Tamir Rice. Uh, and um, it was a limited, his Facebook page was only to people that he had added as a friend on Facebook. He didn't identify himself as a city employee, so he wasn't a spokesperson for the city. Um, and the posts were not made while he was at work. Um, and so as a result of that, the court, um, you know, 
essentially concluded that that type of conduct could be considered um, citizen um, commentary, um, even in an extreme case. Um, my, you know, my view in looking at some of these cases is that um, some tensions can arise, uh, and I think I, I alluded to this in the prior uh, discussion, um, where uh, somebody could be speaking out, um, you know, on an issue uh, related to race relations, um, gender relations, um, and um, and that could be that could make employees in the workplace very uncomfortable uh, and upset, and uh, and it can create a tension um, for the employer. Well, what what do you do about that? Especially um, in my view, if it's you know a coworker who has influence in the work environment or a supervisor who has um, direct influence uh, in decision-making authority over an employee. So those are things that I think um, public employers need to really consider um, as they consider uh, you know, First Amendment issues and as they come to light on, on social media in particular. Um, I wanted to briefly address private, um, private employees and, and their rights. You know, it's often said that you know, that employees of private companies don't have free speech rights. Um, you know, they, they do, obviously, outside of the workplace, but to the extent that a private employer wanted to terminate somebody for um, speech that's made outside of the workplace because Massachusetts is an at-will state, you know, they may not have, have those rights. Um, we do have the, the Mass Civil Rights Act, and um, there's a high bar to meet that standard. Um, but um, but it does protect um, individuals who you know from um, from uh, threats, intimidation, and coercion, um, and the interference of their rights. And so, uh, and, and in those cases, um, you know, termination um, could be considered retaliatory behavior um, under the law. And um, and so it's possible to potentially meet this bar. I think it's difficult in a lot of cases, but I do think that, um, you know, in my view, because Massachusetts has the NCRA, uh, there are potential free speech rights that, uh, that private employees may have um, through social media posts. And so it's just something to, to think about um, and, um, and to consider down the road uh, as, as employers and employees.